Survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last, Greg Norman. to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome. Inside the Ropes, episode number 73. Another special edition coming to you from the Lakes Golf Club in Sydney where we've crowned the 2018 Emirates Australian Open champion. I'm Mark Hayes, joined by Martin Blake. We're, we've we've got all the pretenders away, Blakey. Let's be honest. You and I have been waiting for this for a very long time. We're flying, and we're roomies, and we're roomies, we've been roomies all week. <laughs> and we've we've everyone else has ditched us like a bad habit. Yeah. So uh, we're here to bring you the rundown of um, a, a grand day in Australian golf, and also uh, an, an update and a rundown on the Australian All Abilities Championship presented by ISPS Hander. Two fantastic tournaments, Blakey, culminated today with two fantastic champions. Yeah, well, first of all, the Open, uh, Abraham Answer, the first ever winner from Mexico. There haven't been a lot of good or great male players from Mexico, have they? When you look at the, the list of that, there's there's a few of them. And Lorena Ochoa on the women's side, as Clates mentioned the other day. But Abraham Answer, a 27-year-old, plays on the US Tour like... A lot of people out there are going to say, well, we haven't heard of this guy. But if you follow the US Tour properly... <laughs> and uh, if you follow your tips properly, <laughs> just That's to funny. throw that in. It's funny you should say that, Blake, because I didn't want to bring it up, but now that you oh, have... Oh, okay. Now that you have, one of the panel selected Abraham answer as the so, likely, uh, well, likely... What I don't get about this is that, like, you, you do a tip, like, every week, right? And once out of 147 <laughs> weeks, since the 2011 Australian Open, mm. you've actually tipped the, the winner. Well, when you, I, I don't tip very often uh, publicly, but um, if if that were true, what you just said, and I can pick a you know a twenty twenty five dollar winner once every seven years, I'm way ahead of the game. <laughs> well, anyway, he never looked like losing. No, Hazy. no he, he didn't. never looked like. He starts five shots in front, fourth hole. He goes out there. He's going quite solidly. First three holes, fourth hole, the chip in. Talk yeah. us, talk about that. Well, he he missed the green on on a relatively simple hole, the fourth. And uh, he told us about it in his press conference uh, from the desk where we're sitting just a couple of minutes ago. Um, he, he, he delights in practicing his short game, Abraham Answer. And he had a tricky spot, didn't play at the pin, banked it around off I reckon a, he's hit it three metres left of the pin. Oh, comfortably. More? Yeah, more. And it, it's banked around almost like a clockwork. He drew it up. He banked it in. He banked it in from, uh, you know, it wasn't, as the crow flies, it wasn't a long shot. The ball was running and flying and running for a long time, but... Uh, it was always going to finish somewhere near the hole. Obviously, yep. it's a miracle when it drops in, but it was his day. It was, so at it was, that moment, it was, it was his week. At that moment, it, he looked the winner. He didn't really not look like the winner for the whole day. However, uh, he made a bogey on the twelfth, and Dimi Papadatus, Datus, Dimi Papadatus, just to get that right, come, who's just to, come back from Europe. Hello to all our Greek friends. <laughs> yes, Dimi Papadatus had got it to within four. Mm-hmm. 
So it's starting to look like, hey, we might have a tournament here. And then Dimmy messed up the 14th hole very badly, hit it into the sandy wasteland on the right-hand side of the fairway, got it up onto the green. He actually had four putts on that massive Mike Clayton-built green and made a double. And uh, all of a sudden it was clear again. And actually, uh, Abraham Answer just hit it great coming in. You know, uh, 16 and 17, he lipped out for birdie, hit great shots, really great shots in there. And then 18, he was five in front by the time he... He got to the 18th uh, tee, par three, and he just knocked it on the green. Two-putted uh, shot 69 for the day. 16 under. 16 under is good scoring on a week like this where the wind's been up. Well, we have to go back. He's put the tournament to bed today, but he basically set it up yesterday. As we discussed on yesterday's Inside the Ropes edition, one of the great rounds of 2018, anywhere in the world, as described by Keegan Bradley, and the best round that David Michaluzzi's ever seen played live with. He's his partner. Um, you know, a 65 in high winds at a very exposed course, treacherous at the best of times, some of these holes, and uh, that, that really set up his victory. And, look, he has been a... He's not a revelation. He has been a breath of fresh air here. He's loved Sydney. He's talked highly of Australia on his first trip down under. He's coming to play at Metropolitan next week for Mexico in the World Cup of Golf, which, um, you know, he's now really excited about their prospects there too, understandably. Uh, he... He's a man who we're going to hear a lot more of. Can I uh, throw in a stat here? Please. In his last 12 rounds, he's shot 11 rounds in the 60s, and that was two PGA Tour events, followed by this one in which he was in the 60s all four days. That's some serious golf. This guy's number 98 in the world right now. He'll be in the 60s. Low 60s. He'll possibly be in the President's Cup team next year. Uh, He's a serious player. A legitimate player, and... uh if you're listening to this in Melbourne and you've got the chance to get to Metropolitan for the World Cup of Golf, um, I know that Mexico probably wasn't on your radar uh, when the when the fields came out, but go along and have a look at him. His short game is immaculate, and he's playing at the top of his game right now. So, yeah, hats off, Viva Mexico, right? Viva Mexico, and uh, Viva Abraham Anta, and thank you for all the you know thousands of well wishes for my best tipping performance in a long time, Blakey. I, I oh, just mention it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So let's talk about. I'll quickly run down the leaderboard. Others, best the, of the others. Well, the lead. I'll run down the leaderboard. Then we'll talk about the individual stories. So Abraham answers uh, finished at 16 under, as you mentioned. Dimi Papadados at 11 under to finish outright second. Uh, Jake McLeod uh, on the back of his New South Wales Open win last week, a fantastic performance again to finish 10 under. And those three gentlemen uh, have qualified, and it's a big prize here at the Emirates Australian Open. It's a very big prize. Um, to win a ticket, punch your ticket, to Royal Port Rush. Uh, and all three of those gentlemen are going to play in the Open Championship uh, next year when it returns to Northern Ireland for the first time since 1951. And they were all pretty chuffed about that, weren't so they? So Jake McLeod's never played a major. I'm not sure about Dimmy. Possibly not? No, it'd be his major yeah. championship debut. Abraham played uh, at once. He played last He's year played at Canoosti. one at Canoosti. And I yeah. don't think he made the cut. So, yeah. in fact, before we go on and get too far away from Abraham yeah. and dissect the field... Let's hear what he had to say at his Champions press conference a few minutes ago. Uh, yeah, obviously I did a little bit of research, uh, and the names on this cup are absolutely incredible. Uh, Jack Nicholas, um, obviously recently uh, Spieth, McElroy, uh, Badley, a lot, a lot of names that are extremely uh, obviously recognized in the world of golf, and I'm, I'm really, really happy that my name is going to be there now. 
and again, a delightful young man. Just you what, know, what a moment for a guy. You know, yeah. a, a young guy. He's only won one other tournament in world golf, and that was in 2015 on the Web.com Tour. He now brings the Stonehaven Cup into the into the uh, uh, media room tonight, and that cup's got Palmer player Nicholas Norman Thompson and a few others on it. And now you put well, Rory McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, and then you put answer that that's gonna be pretty cool oh I, I don't think he could believe it I, he told us he did some research about who had won before he came I yeah. think that I think that was bollocks don't you don't him. believe that no, that wasn't good from him so he's, he's had any. every journalist ask him every day in the press conference about the names because yeah. he so was maybe to, after that he was trying to read it up here I'm not potting him by the way I'm just he did put an Instagram post of him with the Sydney Harbour Bridge oh he's loving yeah. it. he's yeah. loving his time yeah. here absolutely loving it yeah um but he looked down at that trophy and saw the names and he was a little bit blown away, I think, to be honest, because I don't reckon that he knew of the storied history of the Stonehaven Cup. But, yeah. as you say, they're a worthy winner this week. Let's keep running down the leaderboard. Yeah. Marcus Fraser finished outright fourth at nine under. And I wouldn't describe him as headless when he finished, but he knows that that's a big chance that slipped through his fingers. Would that be a fair assessment? Yes, and the Lakes is the course... Uh, we saw Peter Senior here win in 2012, and so I remember Peter Senior saying, this is a course that I can contend at, but I can't do it at the Australian. I've actually heard Marcus Fraser say before that there's no way known he could win an Australian Open at the Australian Golf Club. It's too long. Yep. Uh, the Lakes is one that he could have. He just made a few mistakes at a few different uh, moments that cost him. He wasn't far away. Well, he's had, would you believe, on the weekend, Marcus Fraser has had 12 birdies. He had five on... He had five in each of the first two rounds, and he had tw- six in each of the third and fourth rounds. Yeah. But unlike him, it's very uncharacteristic for him to slip in bogeys at crucial times because he's made a lot of money and a lot of friends by not doing that. He's such a consistent player, and he, and he was pushing definitely for an open championship berth. Uh, may not have got up to uh, Abraham Answer, but a double bogey today on the short par 3 15th has, has blown up his chances. And yeah, he pulled it left of the green, yeah. chipped it, uh, chi- had to chip over the bunker and actually went over to the far side of the green and ended up making a double. So just a few little mistakes there. I, I actually was watching him yesterday uh, when he was riding contention. He was actually tied second at one stage late yesterday. He went down the 17th. He hit a rescue club off the 17th tee and hit it in the water, uh, uh, which everyone was hitting an iron off the tee yeah. to, because there's a, a water crossing there. Uh, just little little things that Unfraser went wrong. Like. You, you, you kind of look back and you go, yeah, that was an opportunity. Yeah. So gr- congratulations, Marcus, because it's a great result. But uh, I know that he, just looking at his face, I knew that he he realised that an opportunity had slipped through his fingers. Next, there's a whole handful of people at eight under the card. Uh, let's mention them individually. But first of all, Dave Michaluzzi and Kata Nakajima, the silver medalists as joint low amateurs at the Emirates Australian Open. Um, it's a storied history of that prize too. Amazingly enough, they were the two finalists in the Australian Amateur Championship yeah, amazing, at Lake Karanup uh, earlier this year. And they, they, they're great mates. They're hugging for photo, and posing for photos yeah. afterwards. Uh, a fitting result. They've learned a lot, both of them. Did you? What did you see in both their games this week um, that you're oh, going to take away? Those those guys are both terrific young players, and uh, Nakajima's only 18. Is that correct? Correct. I saw him play go up the 14th hole yesterday. Hazy had uh, he drove it down the middle of the fairway, and I, he watched two pro players lay up because it was too daunting a shot over the water to that green to a front pin, hit it to about eight feet. Yeah. I mean, just awesome. And David Michaluzzi. 
reigning Victorian amateur champion. He's a little bit older, 22. He, he's talking about turning pro at this time next year. Uh, he's going to have a very, very good career. He's hitting it very long now. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem to have too many weaknesses. His game comes out of Cranbourne Golf Club was his original club down south of Melbourne. And the King of Cranbourne. The King of Cranbourne. Yes, yeah. indeed. Um, no, I, I just think he looks like a really good player. Another one, you know, Andy Mars Golden Era hashtag. Correct. Um, uh, how, how good can he be? I, I don't know, but he, you know, he, he certainly is going to be a decent pro player for sure. Well, I think at what, the least. what we've seen uh, in the last twelve months is, you know, Curtis Luck and Cameron Davis and Cameron Smith leading the charge for the hashtag Golden Era. And all these guys came up playing with them in the in the amateur ranks. They can all see that there's a path here. And oh, I used to beat Lucas Herbert. I used to beat Curtis Luck. Or, you know, play with them, contend with them. And I really think that they can see a pathway out to the, the global stage. So good on you, David Michaluzzi. Fantastic result. Kaden Akajima, also the joint low amateur. And just while we're on the amateurs, Victor Hoyland was finished uh, at five under in total. Great performance from the world number four. And Takumi Kanaya also. They're all in the top 20. That Four amateurs in the top 20. Um, and that really is an impressive um, result from, you know, a band of youngsters we have higher hopes for. So let's keep going back down the leaderboard because there's some amazing charges, fourth, yes. fourth day charges, I'd say. It was a bit of a scoring day, wasn't it? it? It was for the first time this week. And chief among them, well, I shouldn't rank them, but John Sendon really sliced through the field today. A beautiful 66 from the uh, lanky Queenslander. Beautiful swing. Everyone's renowned, for, uh, knows he's renowned for his swing. But today he found a bit of a groove with his putter. He's ended up fifth. It's quite remarkable. Yeah. He was nowhere to be seen, really, for the tournament. He was telling me after each round, basically, that it was coming. It was coming. Yeah. And he knew he left it too late, but he was pretty happy today. Yeah, I was walking the other day with Sendo, and you know, I think you were with me, and uh, Ian Triggs, his coach, was with me. And we were just talking about the fact that Sendo had had some, you know, some time off with his son, Jacob, being seriously ill. And that's all sorted itself out, uh, so to speak, at the moment. You know, Jacob's a bit better, and Sendo's able to play now. But he lost virtually 12, 12 months, virtually, yeah, a bit more. Of, of golf. He now, as I understand, he's only got limited starts on the PGA Tour this year. But Triggsy was saying, you know, that if you look at it, you know, like if you stop playing at, you know, Sendo's, what, 40 years 47. of age? 47. Uh, if you stop playing for that period of time when the whole world of golf is moving at breakneck speed, you know, it's not that easy to get back on the wagon. You know, it's not that, that easy. So... He's battling against that, but that's a really good sign today. I understand that Sendo has four starts left on his exemption that he had from his time away from the PGA Tour. I think it would be a tall order to uh, chip away at his current pace that he's can, uh, playing at on the PGA Tour to, to uh, get enough points up to, to get his full card back to where it was before the break. Um, but having said that, he only needs one good week, and if he can contend... Oh, if he can string together four rounds like he did today, we all well, know he's got the game to win on the USPGA well, if Tour. Well, he, if he did what he did today and this week uh, in, a, in a US Tour event, you know, all of a sudden yeah. you're, you're in you're back in the mix. You're, you're in there, yeah. Speaking of that, uh, we should never disrespect Matt Miller, who's just one of the great modern professionals from Canberra. Uh, he's finished in the same lofty position there at eight under the card, just banks checks every week on the Australian Wonder, PGA Tour. Wonderful. Australasian tour player. He really North. is. Yeah. Cameron Percy did really well. Showed great signs here this week. Um, so he also finished at eight under the car. Ben Arn, the halfway leader, uh, he came bounced back today after a very poor third round, and he finished seven under. And I've missed someone there. I apologise. Cam Smith, maybe. 
No, I haven't. I've got them, I've got them all there. But yeah. Cam Smith is another one at seven under. Yeah. Um, the two of them, Ben Arn and Cameron Smith. Talk to us about Cameron Smith, Smith 66. today. 66 today, Blake. It was really only a, one little patch of scoring where he picked up about six shots from memory in about yeah. five or six holes. He absolutely lit up. He had an eagle. He eagled the eighth. He yeah. birdied the ninth. He birdied the 11th. He birdied the 13th and 14th holes and came from the clouds and banked a very big check. So Cam Smith, over his whole week, hasn't played anywhere near his best, yet he's finished 10th. Yeah. So in some ways that kind of says something about him. He, he, he's, uh, his bad is not very bad. You know, he just, he, he doesn't play badly ever, really. You know, he, he didn't play great, but he didn't play badly, and he ends up 10th, which is what he, he, he often does on the, on the main tour in, in America. You he, know, he, he makes a lot of money that way. He's got a dozen or 15 years to win one or seven of these, and I think you'll get a handful of them, or a couple of them anyhow. Yeah. Um, I'm... I'm, I'm not putting Cameron Smith in this category, but I want to see um, history made every time I come to watch an Australian Open golf tournament. I would like to see him knock them off, and I think he'll be in the same category as Marcus Fraser. He'll be happy with the way he's played today, but really disappointed in the fact that he didn't get... He's let another year slip where he didn't pick up the trophy that he so desperately wants. So, Well, one thing we know about Cameron is he really wants to come here and win... He wants it. ...the Australian Open. Emirates definitely Australian does. Open. Brendan yep. Steele, a three-time winner... On the US PGA Tour, got his best round of the tournament underway today too. Uh, he finished at six under in total, shot a, a nice 67. Didn't really threaten this week, but uh, again, a nice round and a nice finish. I'm going to give a shout out to Maverick Ancliffe, who um, is just making his way on the Australasian PGA Tour. Uh, he went to Augusta University a few years back, was a very good collegiate player, just starting to f- feel at home, as is Max McArdle. And they finished alongside Aaron Pike and Victor Hovland, who we mentioned before at five under the card. Keegan Bradley was a disappointment today, Blake. He dropped off, shot a 75. Yeah, Bradley and Kucha both shot 75 today. I, I uh, There you go. I put the anchor on Kucha. I tipped him uh, on when? Friday Brad- night? Bradley? Uh, Keegan Bradley? Yeah. No, I tipped Kucha. Oh, he, and, and he also had a 75. Yeah, today. he had 75, finished 23rd. Keegan Bradley, 78. Those guys both played uh, reasonably well early that fell away. Actually, Brant Snedeker, uh, if you're talking about Americans, had 69 today. He played quite nicely. Uh, but finished 34th, he was too, you know, starting way, t- way too far back. Now, Blakey, I just want to put something on the record for the 2019 Australian Open. If we well, you're going to give your tip I'm going to give my tip now. Get on him now. This will be at about a billion to one because he may not even come back and play. Right. Norman Jong from the United States, born in Guam. Right. Five under today, two under in total. I'm just telling you, he's a jet in the making. I'm going to... Re- where re- this well, will be on the record. Don't... Don't think that we're not going to record this and just, you know, let me off. This you'll never, you'll never live it down. If he wins next year, this will be the greatest oh, recording in the history. I'm of walking Mankind. out of here. No, I'm that's not, fair enough. You know, I know. I know. I walked into your room this morning. I'm sharing a room with Hazy, and I actually went in the wrong door, which <laughs> at about two o'clock in the morning. That would have been a bit of a shock seeing me in my underwear at two a.m. Uh, we've only got a G rating. You actually woke up. Well, oh, wouldn't you wake up scared if you walked into your room? Oh dear. oh, dear. We're going in a very dangerous direction in this podcast. Let's start, straighten up a little bit and let's talk about one of the things that's moved a lot of hearts and minds this week. The ISPS Hander sponsored all Australian, Australian All Abilities Championship, I should say. We had a gentleman today win that tournament from uh, Sweden. His name's Johan Kammerstad, and he was in... Well, let me, let me put it this way. 
there are a lot of professionals today who are not only in awe of the difficulties he over, he's overcome to get to this point of his career, but his score. 73, Blakey. Johan Kammerstad's shot today to street the field by 10 Did he shots. Did birdie the last? Uh, no, he, he didn't made birdie the last. Made a solid par on the last. He made uh, a, he made a, he I, chipped, I saw a, a nice par putt that he made on the last. Yeah. He chipped down from over the yeah. back and just rolled in a calm par putt. But so Johan has a, a leg... Um, Issue, doesn't he? Uh, one of one his leg legs... is 20 centimetres shorter than the other? Correct. Yeah. And he was... Uh, he was... In... I watched him play a handful of holes today, and he was metronomic, which is really... <laughs> it's unbelievable how consistently he strikes the ball. And he was filthy with himself yesterday when he couldn't compete so well in the wind. And anyone with the, the leg problems that some of these competitors have could be well justified in, you know, not even contending in that wind yesterday. He put it behind him, came out 73 today off the fully professional tees. Um, 42-year-old, I think he is, from a town that's halfway between, I'm not going to pronounce it, Ali did yesterday, I'm not going to even try, but it's halfway between Gothenburg and Stockholm, right in the middle of Sweden, in yeah. southern Sweden. And honestly, you look right at home in the Sydney conditions. What, what did you make of that, not only that round, Blakey, but the week in that groundbreaking tournament well they're just good golfers these guys and they're not as good as the pros that are playing off the same tees of course but they're just good golfers i think and that it's not i think christian hamilton from golf australia who kind of really is the inspiration behind all this uh the all abilities championship and the fact that they played for the first time in history within the field of the emirates australian open but um the key is that it's not an exhibition event it's oh. not not at all. Uh, some sort of sideshow. Um, it's it's just good golfers uh, with a disability. Yep. So um, I think the public has really uh, warmed to this. And um, at our um, golf media dinner last night, we had Mike Rolls, who actually, I think, finished last uh, in this event. But of the 12 players, he had a bit of a back injury and it really, really troubled him. But Mike... Mike spoke at that dinner and he was he's so impressive and they all are. They're such great ambassadors and uh, people are just stunned by what they can, can they can actually do. I won't and, go and Johan is a great example of that. He really is. I won't go through his whole card, but he had birdies today on the second, which is a great feat of itself. He had another one on the fifth, another one on the tenth, which Amazing. gobbled a lot of pros up this week. Another one on the fourteenth. Yeah. And another one on the 15th. He had five birdies today and he's 73. Uh, do, do you think, Hazy, that, uh, uh, like I think, that uh, people, tournaments around the world are going to copy this? I don't think there's any doubt. Just that this is the way of the future around the world. And it's really good for us. We, we, um, we've copped we've a lot of... We've started something. We've copped a lot of flack for other things that have happened around the Australian Open. I would have thought easily the best thing that's happened this week is that the All Abilities Championship has given direction and hope to not only those with golfers with a disability, but others in the community to think that uh, anything's possible. Well, and, you and found one yesterday, didn't you? I did. You found I, a young fellow that, that had been following uh, Juan Postito, the uh, Spanish player. I did. A young a young gentleman. I think I mentioned you quickly on the podcast uh, yesterday, Jack Roach, just a, a young 14-year-old who's found a hero in Juan Postigo. Now, the chances of that happening in Australian community or any community in the world, for that matter, five years ago, ten years ago, were so infinitesimally small, it's incredible. Now to have a hero who's a golfer with a disability, it's just, that's what it is. You know, he's a, he's a great story, and he, and he offers 
hope to so many people, and that's what ISPS Handa is really proud of. They they deliver the power of sport message around the world, and there's no more powerful message than what we've seen here. And to answer your question, I would be staggered if we didn't see, particularly in the home countries around the UK, and again across in North America, some more uh, tournaments of this ilk. And I'm really proud that we were the sort of trailblazer for this and sort I of event. I presume it would happen next year again. Uh, I think a lot of other houses have got to be put in order right. in terms of inclusivity, but I'd be surprised within 24 months if we didn't see something a bit more substantial. And just at the grassroots level, having talked to Christian, who does this work at Golf Australia, uh, without much fanfare, uh, he's been putting together a program for PGA professionals to, to be trained up in dealing with people with disabilities. And that's the way that he's approached it as step one, you know, because if you don't have that People with a disability, if they turn up at a golf club, the pro or, you know, they don't know how to handle them. Mm-hmm. How, how do you handle it? Because there's different ways that you handle people who are amputees or they have, you know, some sort of condition, you know, nerve condition. One of the the German player who was in the field, Timo, had, a, you know, a nerve condition in his left arm, you know. So um, they need to be able to handle it and mm-hmm. need to be able to learn how to do it. So this is the way that they've approached it. And there are a lot of PGA professionals around the country in the last 12 months who've taken on this training so that they know what to do. It's and, tremendous. And, you know, we're actually getting set up that we can handle this. It's all very well to say we want to be inclusive, but if you're not set up properly, you can't do it. But that's what's happening. And I think this tournament would definitely have opened eyes to, to clubs around Australia and hopefully around the world uh, through, the, through the coverage on the Golf Channel and in hundreds of other countries that witnessed the event that... Uh, this is a, this is possible at all levels, from elite right down to the very basic club levels and beginners. And uh, hats off, my hats off, yours hat is, I know for sure. It was brilliant. Johan Kamerstad, the winner of the inaugural Australian All Abilities Championship, 17 over the card, despite horrendous wins the first couple of days. He was a 10-shot winner from Brendan Lawler of Ireland. Third was Adam Wabi of Belgium, who was very disappointed and had yeah. no need to be. Very demonstrative, yeah. uh, Adam Wabi, with the fist pumps and stuff like that. He was that. awesome to watch. And he, Brendan, the Irish player, you know, uh, early in the week when we were here, the, the, the practice facilities are right near the media centre here. That guy was here all day, every day working. <laughs> he works so hard. They do. And they, I spoke to his caddy and he said, well, that's that's the way he is, you know. Yeah. Well, they they they, they want to be pro golfers, so... Yeah, you know that's what they do. They don't even think about the the problems that would mm. you know beset their lives if they didn't have that attitude. Well, so they laugh great. about it. Oh, they, they Mike make, Rolls makes jokes about they it. They all do. It's incredible. Yeah. It, yeah. it's absolutely incredible. Mm. So let's go through that card too. Jeff Nicholas, the legendary Australian uh, amputee, was absolutely magnificent again, despite playing. You know, on the, no, he, he wouldn't take offence to this. Outside his age category these days, there were guys a lot younger than him in this field. He stood up Beautiful again. Beautiful swinger. Was absolutely magnificent. Pure mm. swing. Yeah. He was fourth. Cameron Pollard, uh, a brilliant young player from uh, Sawtell, just near Coffs Harbour on the north coast of New South Wales. He was fifth. Beat the world number one, Charles-Henri Quillon, uh, into sixth. Juan Postigo, the man who became sort of the poster boy of the tournament, he was seventh. Shane Luke was eighth. Timo Klischen, the aforementioned German, was uh, ninth. Stephen Pryor, an Australian, was tenth. Ashley Harris, who had a bit of an injury, was 11th, and Mike Rolls, who you mentioned, was 12th. Both those last two guys bravely c- competed. I don't think either of them probably should have. Today. I think normally they would have pulled out. Yeah, but it meant so much to them, and we well, can understand why. It's the first why. time ever in history, so they've kept going. Yeah. And, and, and 
you said that perfectly. It's the first time. It won't be the last. Congratulations, yeah. all involved. My yeah. three Brownlow votes of the week, I would love to give them to Abraham Answer, but I'm giving them to Christian Hamilton for getting this up and about. And yeah. um, I hope he listens to this at some point. Awesome. Hats off. One of the great things I've seen in a golf tournament in recent years. Blakey, we're coming towards the end of a, a, a four a special. So I don't have to listen to Nickel back in my room anymore. Uh, well, if you want to be a rock star, <laughs> come on, Hazy. <laughs> we all just want to be big rock stars, Blakey. That's Nickelback. I'm thing. ready. I'm, I'm t- almost finished my work, and I'm ready for. I'm ready for a couple of drinks. All right. Well, sorry. We really appreciate everyone tuning in this week. And uh, we're going to be back on Tuesday with another special edition. People just, I don't even know if you're sick of us, but we're going to damage your ears again on Tuesday. Uh, I think we're going to record live at the Metropolitan Golf Club for the World Cup of Golf uh, preview. Hopefully we're going to have a special guest, Shane Lowry from Ireland, who's in in town to play for the Irish team. Um, Great. We just don't stop with this, Blakey. We're we're on a roll. rolling around. I'm just not sure if Andy Mars ever going to get his uh, spot back in the team, but... (laughs) He's locked out, poor Andy. A huge, huge thanks here to Greg Oakford and Justin Falconer for making this possible. All those back at Croc Media. And to you, Martin Blake, Ali Whitaker, Mike Clayton and John Huggan, who've all graced the airwaves this week. Thank you for letting me tell you that I, my selection won the Emirates Australian Open one more time. And thank you very much from inside the ropes.